Matthew chapter 5 verse 8 Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Come, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of your divine love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us, enlighten us, as we listen to your word. O Holy Spirit, give us the grace to understand what you are speaking to us. O Holy Spirit, fill our minds with your love. O Holy Spirit, come and be in us. Remain with us as you remained with Mother Mary. O Holy Spirit, spouse of the Blessed Virgin Mary, come by means of the powerful intercession of Blessed Virgin Mary, your well-beloved spouse. My Jesus, we are here today out of love for you. My Jesus, let me speak out of love for you. My Mother, my Mary, Queen of Heaven and Earth, give us the grace to listen to Jesus out of love for you. O Jesus, King of Love, I put my trust in thy merciful goodness that you will grant me the grace to listen, to share, according to your will. My Lord, I offer this through the Immaculate Heart of Mary at the foot of your cross for conversion of sinners, salvation of souls and purgatory, especially for those that are most in need of your mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We will be continuing through the Gospel of John. You may wonder why I started with Matthew chapter 5 verse 8. It was actually that particular Bible verse that stood out to me. So with the scripture, the thing is, scripture is so beautiful that it can speak to us in different times through different ways for each situation. Um, and I remember there was a time when I was sort of debating about like doing scripture for my podcast. I just sort of wanted to do like random topics, but I felt like God was inspiring me to do um, the Gospels and in a special way to do John. And I was dreading to do John because it it felt like a harder Gospel to me. But when God inspired me, I went with that and later I've been trying to I've been seeing the fruits in it so one of the reason I sort of did not want to do it was because I thought to myself oh there's so many people so many interpretations so many podcasts so many blogs that you can find online with um, many different you know things about the scripture and especially like for example over the past two years Bible in a Year by Father Mike Schmidt's um, like 
went crazy and it became really popular so I was wondering well there are things like this so why should I do this so I was discouraged but I realized that you know sometimes God is speaking maybe one certain thing like and when I'm talking about one certain thing it does not mean that other things that are also being referred to the scripture is not important it just means that that is the particular topic that from that scripture that God is inspiring me to talk about just like I remember when I was making the recording for John chapter 8 about the woman who was caught in adultery one of the things that struck out to me like like so strongly was the fact that Jesus went up to the mountain right before this incident came happened where people were questioning him and nobody goes to the mountain you know to sleep or anything so just to like know that and also from other scripture passages we know Jesus went up to the mountain to pray um, so just keeping that in mind the fact that like just even the travel like just think about like Jesus walking up to the mountain like him being engaged in prayer um, just really captivated me um, and more than the other parts about you know woman being caught in adultery the Pharisees coming or anything none of that really like surfaced me um, but rather Jesus's disposition and his prayerfulness because I was in Israel a couple months ago and when I was there one of the things that I realized is when they say a mountain it's not like a tiny little hill it's a mountain like there is a lot of walking I remember we went to the Mount of Tabor where Jesus was transfigured and if we were to walk all the way up to the Mount of Tabor they said it would take a couple of hours but um, we took like a golf cart sort of mini vans um, all the way up there and I was thinking to myself like like when it says Jesus went up to the mountain that's a long distance he was walking and I wondered to myself what was in Christ's mind what was in Jesus's mind you know being prayer means a conversation with God and to me I think Jesus's mind was filled with a conversation to his Heavenly Father um, and so just like that um, today's scripture passage one of the things that stood out to me was Matthew chapter 5 verse 8 blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God before we jump into that verse I'm gonna go ahead and read John chapter 8 verse 21 through 30 Jesus foretells his death again he said to them I'm going away and you will search for me but you will die in your sin where I am going you cannot come then the Jews said is he going to kill himself is that what he means by saying where I am going you cannot come he said to them you are from below I am from above you are of this world I am not of this world I told you that you would die in your sins for you will die in your sins unless you believe that I am he they said to him who are you Jesus said to them why do I speak to you at all I have much to say about you and much to condemn 
but the one who sent me is true, and I declare to the world what I have heard from him. They did not understand that he was speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will realize that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own, but I speak these things as the Father instructed me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what is pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. So as we contemplate upon this particular scripture, a couple of verses perhaps jump out to me. I just want you to think, what is something that perhaps jumped out to you? John chapter 8 verse 21 Where I am going, you cannot come. Verse 23 You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for you will die in your sins unless you believe that I am He. One of the things in my faith that I did not realize was the destiny of us humans or human beings. Um, I don't know, whatever we call us. <laughs> and I didn't realize how miserable our destiny truly was meant to be if it was not for Christ's salvation. What do I mean by that? I did not know that we won't be saved like it was Im like it was impossible to be saved no matter how good we think we are if it was not for Christ like I, I guess I, I think there was a part of my life where I thought um, or like you know some people are just gonna go to heaven or some people are gonna go to hell but then later God gave me the realization that no, all of us after the first fall of Adam and Eve was destined to die eternally. And God out of his mercy came to save us. That's why it says in verse 23, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins if there is one person that has not committed any sins according to tradition we know that is the blessed virgin mary and if it's not for us jesus doesn't say what sin he said you will die in your sins so all of us all of us were condemned to hell all of us were condemned to hell and i think 
um, that is something like, especially like if we think we have not committed any big sins, that is something like that we battle with that we're like, wait, I, there's no way I am condemned to hell. One reason is because we don't realize what God is or truly we don't, even though like how majestic God is and everything like because of sometimes I sort of battle because our God is so close to us, so internal, so internal like a relationship that sometimes we forget about his majesty. Whenever I'm flying in an airplane, I look down and I see how small we are, we truly are. And I think to myself, oh my gosh, the pride that we have in our hearts despite being so small is, is truly sad. And in order, Jesus says, unless we believe that I am He. And here Jesus is reinstating to Pharisees, to the people around Him, that He is the Messiah. In the book of Moses, we see how in the burning, sorry, sorry, it's not the book of Moses, in the story of Moses, um, we see this burning thorn, like burning bushes, and in this burning bushes, we see how Moses approaches and asks, and what does God tell him? God tells him, I am. And in here, Jesus is bringing that same thing, saying, I am am i am he who said i am there is no name for god and uh, and and there it was saying there is no name for god until it's revealed in heavens and so later as we um go through the story of moses we see how the people were sinning and the people were going according to their ways and god in his justice and wrath like condemned them to death and so many people were dying and people were begging to be saved during this time God out of his mercy told Moses to construct a staff um, in this in in the on a on like a sort of like a cross like thing with a snake on it and then to lift it up and that was to foreshadow how Christ will be lifted up. How the Son of Man will be lifted up so that we will realize that I am. Verse 28. So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will realize that I am. He, and that I do nothing on my own. So the reality that Christ is God, and in here Jesus is saying, like, because, you know, Jesus, um, a lot of people condemn him, saying that you're blaspheming because you cannot claim to be God. And according to Jewish tradition, if you claim to be God, you are committing a great blasphemy, which is condemn, condemned to death, meaning they will condemn you to death. And that's what the Pharisees did. All the scribes and the leaders, they said, well, he is calling himself God. Um, and Jesus, he was ready to die for what is true and remains true. 
He said he is God and he died for that. And he says that. And you, when you have lifted up the son of man, so he, he was saying like, you are going to crucify him for saying that I am he. And then when he is lifted up on that cross, then you will realize that I am. So as I contemplate upon this and upon my misery, like if it was not for Christ who came to save me from my sins, I would have been, I would have, I would have been in hell. I don't know what else, what, what other way I can put it. Like in a way, all of us are destined to hell and, and, and we think about it like, oh, that's not fair or whatever. But one thing I ask myself is who am I that I deserve my life? I did not bring me into existence by my will. I did not, I cannot make the rain come out of heaven or the crops to grow like I am like I can only assist in certain things I can only put the seeds in the field but who is actually gonna grow it I don't know where is that power coming from and like you know even the shade of a tree if I'm enjoying the shade of a tree or a cool breeze who am I to say that I can enjoy this and this is mine I deserve nothing I deserve nothing in this world, the rain, the crops, the change of season, or even the very own breath of my life. So all of this which is coming from God. And I think like what we don't realize is hell is not like a bad place or anything. I mean, it becomes a bad place. But hell is actually this this level or this atmosphere where you lose God completely and some people who are living on this earth who are still alive maybe in bodily ways they're living hell and there are some people whose body is here but they're living heaven they are living heaven that's why Jesus says in another part of the gospel kingdom of God is here because we can experience this and so what can I do to see God what can I do to believe in him and so many people in here they were not able to see and realize that that God was actually standing in front of him because you see like there was like all of these Pharisees and all of these people but they were not able to believe it or see it and I was like wondering you know how do we come to see God how do we get to heaven one it's through our faith we believe it says you know believe that I am he because it is through Christ that we are sa saved out of his abundant mercy for us who desires to unite us to his father and that's how we come closer to his father. And then I was wondering, well, how do we see father? Because because the thing is, like, if you go back to the Old Testament, I, I don't really have the exact scripture passages um, off the straight of my head. But if you um, research these, um, you can find it. Um, there is a part in the Old Testament where the Israelites, where God was saying, okay, 
I'm going to come with all of my glory and come see all of you. And the Israelites were very excited and the Mo- Moses and the leaders they were very excited and they decided to come. And God was preparing them and he decided to come. He couldn't like he couldn't even reveal himself just like a little bit of his presence caused so much like awe and terror among the people that they begged Moses you know you know it's fine like you and God you guys have a conversation like we can't we can't we can't stand in his presence it's too much and that's the thing like when we die we don't really like God doesn't condemn us to hell because of our sinfulness we we just we cannot approach him because of our sinfulness we are being pulled away into this atmosphere of hell um and the thing is the only way we can approach him Matthew chapter 5 verse 8 blessed are the pure in heart for they will see god and the purity of its essence completely we see in mother mary blessed virgin mary she is the one who was completely pure who is immaculately conceived from the moment of her birth till she left this earth god was able to come and take the flesh of human in her her purity was so ardent because in her purity she was able to see god she was able to recognize his voice she was able to feel his presence and she was able to bring others to her i know in our culture one of the things that we struggle with the most is purity and i think um i think it this may have been saint faustina she was saying that everyone who is condemned to hell they're also condemned with the vice of impurity like uh they're th- like they they also have the vice of impurity in them um like every single person um we, we when we think about purity we think about like bodily impurity like um you know like um adultery or um fornication but not just that like there we can lose our purity and our senses we lose our purity in our thoughts we can lose our purity in our mind in our words and in our actions so hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 reminds us again strive for peace with all men and for the holiness without which no one will see the lord again it's going back to that matthew chapter 5 verse 8 hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 holiness in here means purity become we become more and pure and pure and then some of the saints say in our purity we draw closer to god like we're able to walk towards him and in heaven it is that state where we're able to draw closer to him because god is calling us and god is calling everyone it's just that some of us because of our sinfulness we we run, we are in a way we are running away from him and god is like and jesus died on the cross for our sins he was stripped naked he was stripped naked and i remember in stations of the cross especially when i come to this part 
I think about I think about the impurity that causes him to be stripped naked. It was our shame he took on his body. Isaiah, book of Isaiah. So just keeping in mind this purity, like desiring this purity. And all of us are in need of this virtue because without this virtue, one, because the thing is like a lot of people hear about God nowadays, like talks about God, um, you know, like, like Christianity and everything. It's just so prevalent and it's so accessible more than ever. Like the scripture is accessible. It's not like some far away thing like it was um, thousands of years ago. You know, like now, like everything is becoming like word of God is spreading like wildfire and it's reaching everywhere and everyone. But even though word of God is reaching everyone and every, every anyone and everywhere, people are not able to recognize it. And one of the things that we see is after the sexual revolution, we see like a whole, whole fall of humanity when it comes to this virtue like in high schools like right now i think just going to school um especially if you're like in a public school system it's so hard to live the virtue of purity because um even i remember like so i would put it this way like in my life i know there was a part of my life when i was younger I was, uh, when I was younger, I experienced this beautiful purity. With this purity, the purity of the thing is, when we look at things, we're, we're able to see everyone and everything with pure minds. We're not able to see evil in other people. Like, even when we see evil in others, like when we're not able to see the good of other people or the good of things happening in the world, um, that's when we lack, that's because there's areas in our life where we need to grow in this virtue um and i remember like when i was going to school here um people used to make fun of me because my mind was not aware of things you know like these people were saying things that i couldn't sort of see and out of this curious nature i like over curious thought i started to search after these things which which led to me destroying that pure mind and pure heart that I had. And later, as I was, you know, going through school and going through college and everything, it cost me a lot. And I was thinking to myself, like, that simple curiosity, like, yeah, I mean, I must have had to go through so much being made fun of by other people, but sometimes I wonder if it was worth it to like you know or if it was worth it and and then another thing is i was not growing in holiness either like hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 so later in my life um when i i realized that wow like i lost that beautiful beautiful gift that i had when i was young um i i started weeping and i was sad i started going to confession more often um but then again it, it was still like i just still felt like because that's the thing about purity like once you once you fall into sense of impurity you will have a hard time going back to that pure state of mind and when i was struggling with this the 
only thing that was able to slowly pull me out of the ditch. And when I say ditch, I mean ditch, like really bad pit. Like I just think about like fully mud covered ditch. I don't know. Only thing that was able to pull me out was the Blessed Virgin Mary. Now, I'm pretty sure there's other ways to be pulled out, but she was the shortest, quickest, and fastest way. Although for me, it may have not seemed fast, but to be honest, like when I look back at my life right now, that was pretty fast. You know, it took some years, it took some time, although at the, at the moment, I probably did not feel like it was happening soon, but I clinged to Mother Mary like crazy. Um, and slowly by slowly, she started pulling me just like a good mother i feel like she was hugging me and as a good mother as she was hugging me all of my impure cells started stripping like the impure scales you know like the scales of a fish that sort of stripped just like that i felt like it was falling off and god was restoring like psalms chapter 51 where it says create a clean heart in me O god and renew within me a steadfast spirit and i felt like god was slowly by slowly giving me that purity of heart um and i thank god for the blessed virgin mary because if it was not for her i would have struggled with it forever and i was able to see things once again like i used to when i was younger i was able to smile with the joy that came from deep inside my heart even though things were going even though bad things, sad things were happening around my life. Purity, like the pure in heart, another thing, that another virtue that also goes with the pure in heart is joy um, and peace. And these are all like clinging together. And just contemplate upon this. How can I come to see God? Jesus himself tells one, believe, believe. And if you don't have faith, we ask, right? Lord, help my unbelief. And let's also end today's session with a small prayer to St. Therese. She is also another model of purity, whom we can look towards, whom God covered in that wedding, in that wedding garment, in that pure white wedding garment. We wear this pure white wedding garments, right? Like for wedding and stuff, which is supposed to signify our purity. So more than bodily fashioning us with such an outfit, let us interiorly fashion our soul. And if you are struggling with this virtue, I say cling to Mary. Um, even if you are an unbeliever, even if you don't believe in God, just, just call upon her. She is... A real person she may have died bodily but you know even her body was assumed into heaven according to Christian tradition but she is alive and she's not alive because of her own capability Christ is alive through her Christ is alive through the Blessed Virgin Mary so just even if you don't believe in God even if you don't like Mother Mary that's another thing too like some people I've noticed who have a lot of hatred towards Mother Mary. Um, they uh, most likely they might also be struggling with the virtue of impurity. Um, 
most likely. And I can think of some examples, but I don't really want to bring it up. And just keep that in mind. Like even even outside, if it looks like, because you know, like I said, purity. Like we we think like losing virginity or like having sex. Like obviously, those are a grave, more grave matters. But Jesus says in the scripture, if you look at a woman with lust, you have already committed adultery. Jesus doesn't say, "Oh no, no, no." Like, if you desire it in heart, that is enough. So, um, asking for forgiveness from the Lord, asking Jesus, like, maybe I don't understand God because I lack this purity. Um, so, asking God, Jesus, I want to see you for who you are, God, the one who came to save me. Oh, blessed Virgin Mary, fill me with this purity. With which I shall see God. Shower upon me your promised roses of virtues and grace, dear Saint Therese, so that, swiftly advancing in sanctity and perfect love of neighbor, I may some day receive the crown of life eternal. O Saint Therese of Lisieux, pray for us, Queen of Heaven and Earth. Intercede for us, and pray for us, that we may be filled with the virtue of purity. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.